0: giant sports talk to entertainment my lung capacity is back or getting back trying to get it back I tell you man that covid kicked the living bleep out of me ah uh, but you know what second time in 19 months so you figure you know the second time wasn't as bad as the first time so want to talk about the tampa game want to talk about the potential for the giants to be somewhat at full strength and i also want to talk about the biggest surprises and disappointments of the giants so far in the second half of the season or the first half of the season Oh, it's going to be a fun show. It's going to be an interesting show. And to the the idiot hater out there who I helped and did as much as I could to help this person, to leave the comments that you left are inappropriate, and uncalled for, stay at the kiddie table. You've been banned because you're too dumb to watch. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Let's see if the Giants, what's going on with this Tampa game? Could we potentially be at full strength Could Saquon Barkley, could Andrew Thomas be back in the game? Could we finally see the full complement of wide receivers? You know, it's funny, on Wednesday, we really don't know. Barkley still is questionable, same with Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas, of course, is dealing with the foot and the ankle injury that he had going back a couple weeks now. Um, So we're not really sure where he is going to, where he's going to fit in with that time frame, and also him coming back. It's going to be kind of interesting because like I said, he hasn't played in a few weeks. So that's going to be something we have to keep an eye on. If he, if he does come back and we're, and I think Joe judge said that he's hopeful that he's going to be able to come back. He last suited, he suited up against Dallas, but he didn't play. Then the following week, he hurt his foot against the Rams. Um, then he was placed on the injury reserve two days later and he's eligible to return. So is he coming off the list? I don't know. We got to wait and see. Meanwhile, we got Barkley, who's missed four consecutive games suffering the ankle injury back uh, during October 10th. And I told everyone, when the ankle swells up that much and that quickly, he was going to miss at least four weeks. Minimum, I I said anywhere between four to six weeks he was going to miss. Because anyone that's had an ankle injury like that, and luckily it was not a high ankle sprain, because then he could have been out for much longer. But you have an ankle injury like that, and the swelling like that, the way that one, the way that ballooned, you saw it right then and there. And I know they were being trying to be optimistic, but then you, you're hoping that the um, Giants' medical staff isn't turning into what the Knicks' coaching, I mean, excuse me, medical staff used to be, where they under-evaluated and over-evaluated injuries all the time. Um, but you hope he's going to be able to come back and play because you want to have a full complement against Tampa, who's coming off that loss. And if you take a look at the injury reserve report, you know, Caden Smith is still going to be questionable with the knee. Nate Ebner, Nate, how the special teams misses Nate. What a waste of a roster space. Uh, He's also questionable with an ankle. You got Sterling Shepard still questionable, questionable with the quad. Saquon Barkley, of course, with the ankle. You also have Lorenzo Carter still questionable with the ankle. Uh, and then you also have Devontae Booker, who, did, who I did not even know this, is also questionable with a hip. Um, so, you know, like I said, it's, we'll, we'll see. As we get closer, these, these questionables will probably change the probables. We'll also have to wait and see because, like I said, if you're questionable, normally you play. I would say 90% of the time you play. It's when you're doubtful that you don't play. You hope that Kenny and Sterling, and excuse me, excuse me, K- uh, Kadarius and Kenny are going to come back. Uh, so at somewhat a, somewhat of a capacity, because Kenny's you know, like I said, Kenny's just been a waste of space after giving him seventy two million. So he's got to come he's got to come back full strength. He did play, of course, uh, the week before. So hopefully with the with the extra rest, he'll be at a hundred percent capacity. And then hopefully Kadarius, with all the injuries he's had to deal with and all the other off-field issues, which we're not going to get into, that he'll be able to come back as well and help contribute to this team and hopefully to moving past the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's one of those interesting games that if the Giants can come back in somewhat of full strength, you know, Tampa looks beat, not, not that they're, look, well, they kind of do look beatable, especially after their loss last week. But then you have to worry about, is this a trap game for the Giants because Tampa might be pissed at home? Playing on national television that they just lost a week before. And we all know the Giants have a history of putting up stinkers on uh, primetime. So we got to kind of wait and see. You know, it's, it's kind of take one of those approaches. i say we're going to do more. We're going to do a video about the game on Thursday and Friday. We might do a stream Thursday or Friday night and haven't decided yet. We'll figure it out. But of course, we will do our Sunday stream at 11, which is always fun which is always good because also we give them all the money that we make from those streams to the Philadelphia children's hospital and Christmas and other holidays is coming up. So we're trying to raise some money for those kids. So that'll be interesting. I want to talk about the giants. First half the surprises and disappointment, disappointments, I should say, within the first half of the season. We'll kind of we'll mix it up a little. We'll kind of do a surprise, a little disappointment. You got to go right off the bat that one of the biggest disappointments so far is going to be Daniel Jones. And people will be like, oh, my God, you're a Daniel Jones hater because you talk the truth. Well, okay. He's only thrown three red zone touchdowns and already has 11 turnovers. And he's on track to surpass the 16 turnovers he had in 14 games last year. His 228 yards passing ranks him 24th in the league. So yeah, he did not, he has not made the Josh Allen projection. The Josh Allen curve is not there. And people will say, well, he was limited with his offensive line. There's plenty of teams that have bad offensive lines that have a quarterback that have better rankings and yardages and, and scores. And he had some clunkers against the Rams and the Chiefs. He's, he's been okay. He's, but like I said, it's a disappointment. And then people are going to say, well, he is also having the second, most dropped at 18. He also holds on the ball longer than anyone else in the league, but you were hoping he was going to make a progression. He looks like the same quarterback he did last year. And I don't blame you. You can't, everything cannot be the offensive line. Everything cannot be the injuries. Everything cannot be Jason Garrett. At some point in time, you have to turn around and look at it and say, well, Daniel Jones has to take some responsibility for his inability I think that's a good way to put it. So I would say that he falls under the disappointment rankings at this point in time as well. And I would also say that if we want to look at another disappointing player, it's going to be the smooth sounds of Kenny G. You came in, you handed him $72 million to be the number one guy. He missed three games with the injury. He's battled other ailments, such as the hamstring, the quad, since training camp. When he's playing the six games, he hasn't really been targeted like he's a number one guy. He did have a great performance in week four when he had six passes for 116 yards, including the, uh, the, big, uh, the big catch in overtime. But like I said, I'm, I'm not seeing that we got our money's worth. If you want to look at a bright spot in the wide receiver position, you know, you got to say Kadarius Toney he's got to keep his mouth shut and stop running it on social media because he's worse than Odell Beckham in regards to that. But he had the big breakout game, the 10 catches for 189. He probably would have gotten over 200 yards if he didn't get stupid and throw the punch. He got hurt against the Rams. He missed week six. He was barely involved in the offense at eight and nine. But there's obviously talent there. It's just raw talent, which, which, which we've said a million times. It's just raw projected talent. Now, if you want to look at the wide receiving court, I don't know why I'm doing wide receivers, but if you want to look at the wide receiving court, one of the the biggest surprises, I would say, is going to be John Ross. He had the 77 yards and the one touchdown against the Saint. He had a 50-yard catch against the Chiefs. He's going downfield. When Daniel Jones throws the ball, he's getting open. He's making the big catches, and he stayed healthy. So I would say that's going to be a huge surprise. If you want to go into disappointments again, you also have to look at Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph. Evan Ingram with the drops. He's been solid the last two weeks, but there's really been nothing spectacular there. I know everyone wanted to trade him, but there was no way you were going to trade him. There was no way you were going to get your money's worth. So they were hoping. I, my thing is they're rolling the dice. They're trying to build them up and hope the compensatory pick is higher than what they would have gotten the you know, open market. And Kyle and old poor Kyle. Two years. Twelve million. I've said it before. He looked washed up. He's looked washed up from day one. He caught his first touchdown last week, but he really hasn't done anything since then. And if we want to talk about another big, I would say disappointment, you know, you're going to have to look at the offensive line, and you have to look at the offensive line as a whole. Outside of Andrew Thomas, Nate has been terrible. Matt from Connecticut has been up and down. He's he he got beat. He got beat like he stole something against Yannick Ngagwe and allowed the two sacks. He's had some solid performances, but he's, the progression in year three is not there. Will Hernandez has been up and down, and, and he's been as inconsistent as he has been throughout his entire career outside his rookie season. Billy Price is supposed to be the backup to Nick Gates, and Billy Price looks like he should be a he, he should He looks like he should still be a backup to Nick Gates. And then also you have the loss of Shane Lemieux and everyone else. So, I mean, it's, that, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty big disappointment right there. And if you want to look at some, like I said, we want to look at some highlights, of course, you, you know, some surprises. I don't think it's a surprise, but Azio Jolari, he got off to a fast start with three sacks in three games. He kind of tailed off, but he had that dominant two and a half sacks, four quarterback kicks, and three tackles were lost against the Panthers. He's probably going to be that pass rusher at the Giants were we're looking for in the draft. Just imagine if we had him in Parsons. <laughs> Yikes. I'm not even going to get into Parsons, man. Parsons is a beast. But he is playing well. He is playing consistent. He is playing like he should play. And let's talk about old Quincy. I like Quincy. I liked him when they claimed him off waivers from the Steelers. He had the game-winning strip sack against the Raiders, accumulated in three quarterback hits and two tackles. He should start. If Lorenzo Carter ever comes back, he should start over Carter. 100% he should start over Carter. And all, if, you wanna, if you want, like I said, there's another player that I'm kind of pleasantly surprised with because he, he was put in a position that he probably is not ready for, and that's Tate Crowder, Mr. Irrelevant. He's been kind of thrown into a sp- tough spot with a Martinez injury. And it's a big, big ask for the guy this young to come through. He's had some bad games. He's had some especially in coverage. He ranks 84th at 86 in covering among linebackers in at least 150 snaps. He also missed five tackles, but he's played well enough to man that position at times. Uh, I think uh, McKinney, the linebacker that we signed from the tech, you know, linebacker we signed who was with the Texans and with the Miami should actually be starting over him. Another guy that doesn't get enough praise is going to be Reggie Raglan. He is, he is not spectacular, but he's serviceable. And, you know, but McKinney, who we signed basically off the street, is already stealing snaps from him, but he's been serviceable at times. One player that I think is disappointed, and I don't understand why, is Carter Coughlin. He, he, he was a standout in preseason, and he doesn't have a role in the defense before getting hurt in practice, or he's going to be out a while. But what the hell happened to Carter Coughlin? If you want to talk about a, a big surprise, not big surprises, I don't even want to call them disappointment and surprise, but the people that are playing, well, the secondary. The secondary recently has kind of turned it around. It's been a rough start for James Bradbury, who uh, who permitted, who actually gave up 23 catches on 30, 31 targets for 301 yards so for four touchdowns and a passer rating of 117. He's already allowed three touchdowns. He, I'm sorry. No, he only allowed three touchdowns last season. He's played much better in the last week, and he, he, shut, down, he shut down Travis and uh, Waller in key moments. He's, he hasn't been spectacular, and it's been a little bit of a disappointing start, but it's a surprise to me that he, he's kind of turning the corner. Adore Jackson, like I said, he's had some issues. He's, he's brought in to be the number two guy, but, and now he's starting to play a little bit. He's starting to play better. Pro football vocals. Has him with the eighth-best coverage great in the NFL among quarterbacks. So he's been kind of, he's been kind of that, that under-the-radar guy who's starting to come out and come onto the radar. And Darney Holmes is, is really, he's, he started up his primary as a nickel, and then he lost a job a few weeks in, but then he kind of reemerged a couple weeks ago. He had, a, he had the big interception against the Chiefs that was called back from O'Shane jumping off sides. The Giants, of course, are going to want to see what Aaron Robinson can do, and they want him to beat him out, but he hasn't yet. So we'll have to wait and see what goes on there. But Darnay has played well at times. He's played, he's played okay. And then you got to look at the second, got to look at the safeties. Logan Ryan has had his issues, and everyone thinks he's playing so well. But he's given up 24 to 29 receptions for two touchdowns for a pass rating of 126.7. And he's missed nine tackles. But he's making the most of his playing time, and he's an, he is a leader on the defense. And then you pair him up now with Xavier McKinney, who had kind of a rough start in the year, but he's kind of been a surprise too to me. Getting two interceptions, including that pick six. They don't win the game, let's be honest, without that performance. He already has five interceptions through 15 career games, and, and you can tell he's going he's, he's going upward. And then I think another surprise is uh, Julian Love. He's kind of been a jack of all trades. He's played nickel, he's played corner, he's played safety. He's played a little linebacker already this season. He hasn't stood out completely, but you know what? He has been, he has been, a, he has been a good giant player. And then if you want to look at someone, you also have to say Mr. Consistency is going to be Graham Gano. He didn't miss that field goal in, in week four. But other than that, he's been awesome. 19-21 to 21 this season. Four to six from 50. Or excuse me, 5 to 6 from 50. 50 plus. So, and then if you want to look, you know, like I said, if we want to drop over also to the um the defensive line, Leonard Williams, Leonard Williams, he, he's just not, um, he, he's not worth the money. Let's be honest. He has five and a half sacks, fourth among defensive linemen with, and 32 pressures. He's great as a 10th bench lineman overall and six against a run stopper. He's also stopping the run downfield. He's not stopping. He's not making tackles for losses. I'm not going to say he's a disappointment. I'm going to say he's so-so. At this point, would be Dexter Lawrence. He didn't make that Pro Bowl leap. He's not, doing, he's not doing the dirty work in reference to cleaning up the run. He has a, rush, he has a rushing grade of 74.8. And then, he, of course, he had the offside penalty, but the offside penalty wasn't his fault. Uh, a surprise to me has also been Austin Johnson. He's not really Dalvin Thompson, but he's been effective. Three, sackle, three sacks, three tackles for losses, five quarterback hits. He has 20 defensive stops. But like I said, they we are still getting burned too much in the run. Danny Shelton just is. Danny Shelton is just Danny Shelton. He should he should be he should be gone. And we haven't heard from Raymond Johnson. Raymond Johnson was playing well for a while. He had a bigger and I thought he was going to have a bigger role. But he's kind of he's kind of tapered off a, a little bit, especially with the emergence of Quincy. But like I said, if you're going to give this, if you're going to give the units grades, you got to give the defense a solid B. It could have been lower at times if it was not for some, you know, from other issues. And you got to give the, you got to give the offense, you got to give the offense a solid D minus and special teams. I would say you're looking at at least a C plus, which probably accumulates into our three and six record. And people will say we should be six and three, but there are a lot of teams that should be six and three. You know what? Winners go out and win the games and know how to finish. And the giants haven't learned how to finish yet. If we get into the coaching staff, you got to give the coaching staff an F and I mean the head coach. If you're going to go by coordinators, uh, Patrick Graham has kind of made his defense a little, uh, gone a little bit more simplistic, which is, I think, has been the key to the last three weeks. So you got to give him a solid B+. Plus. And I give Jason Garrett a C-, minus because while he's made some, he's had some good play calling, he's also had some questionable play calling. And like I said, everyone, you know, you, the Daniel Jones lover will talk about the progression of Daniel Jones and how well he's played. Well, you need to give your credit then to your offensive coordinator for that as well, but nobody ever does, especially the lovers. I'm a lover, not a fighter. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true at all. You don't get a nose and missing teeth like I do because you're a lover all the time. Um, but you know what? It's, it's going to be interesting. We're going to talk about Tampa on Thursday. That'll be fun. And again, this is Tim with Online Big Blue, bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. And as always, if you could like, if you, if you subscribe, we're going to play in the news. That'd be awesome. Um,